We've been having serious discussions on this show about both Ohio State and Michigan making the college football playoff. It's about time everybody else started having the conversation, too. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, John Garcia Jr. is going to check in with everything going on in football recruiting around the Big Ten. But first, I got to talk a little bit more about the college football playoff, because to be quite honest, the rankings released, while it didn't change anything in the top four, just kind of got me upset listening to the people talk about the top college football teams yesterday. Before we get into any of that, though, Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into everything that was last night in the college football playoff release rankings. If you didn't actually watch the release, I don't blame you. We all knew it was going to be the same four teams. We were pretty sure it was going to be the same exact order, and it was. But as I watched him count down, and as I watched him start to talk about the possibility of getting Ohio State and Michigan in, I just couldn't believe the stance that we're still at at the national spotlight. Because all I heard the entire way was who gets in with whoever loses between Michigan and Ohio State. There's the talk about, oh, LSU could be the first two-loss team to get in. USC is a one-loss Pac-12 champion, has that shot to get in. What about Clemson? If they win the ACC as a one-loss champion, minimal, an afterthought, the idea that Michigan and Ohio State could both get in. And when it was discussed on the show, they were talking about how many more losses other teams would have to take for them to actually get into that spot. They're talking about LSU having to take a third loss in the, in the SEC championship game, about USC and Clemson both having to take second losses before Michigan had some sort of real chance, or Ohio State, to come in as a one-loss team there. Why are you not respecting the resumes of these teams right now? We went over it yesterday on the show. I don't need to pound it down your throats again. But whoever loses this game is going to have one loss with that one loss against another college football playoff team. Nobody, nobody right now, not if they lose more games, not if other things happen, nobody else is going to be able to put that kind of a resume up against either Michigan or Ohio State when it gets to the end of the season. And for right now, do you still be having the conversation about just, oh, who gets in automatically when those teams end up playing and one of them loses? Listen, I get that we need to push the narrative. I get that it's not fun for us to just say, hey, these are the four teams with two weeks left to go before we actually decide things in the college football playoff. I get that you want to have something to talk about. But if a two-loss LSU team gets in over this one-loss Michigan team, I don't know what to do. I don't know what you can do. If you're a Big Ten fan thinking, what do we have to do to get over the SEC, to get over this hump and get a second bid into this tournament? Because if it doesn't happen this year, if a two-loss LSU team gets in over what would be a one-loss Michigan team that only lost to Ohio State and passed every other test along the way, 
Only other slip-ups were maybe against Maryland, you could say, and then this last week against Illinois. When do the wins matter? Because right now I'm only seeing a committee deciding what it wants to be, the four teams in the college football playoff. And it decided, it seems like a long, long time ago, that only one of Michigan and Ohio State would get in and the loser would be left out. I get that that's what it's been all season. And it's been true just about all season. But now things are different. Now teams have lost. And Michigan and Ohio State both passed every single test that they have had so far. Everybody else we're talking about has slipped up at least once. And the fact that we're having legitimate conversations about a team like LSU that has lost twice and had other close calls to go with it. I just cannot believe that we're at the point where we're still disrespecting the Big Ten in this way. If this were Alabama and Georgia a couple of years ago getting ready for this game, if this were Alabama and Auburn getting ready to play in the Auburn Bowl, in the Iron Bowl as two undefeated teams, it wouldn't even be a discussion. We'd be talking about, okay, well, Alabama and Auburn are both in. They're going to be playing a warm-up to the playoff this week. Who are the other two teams? What does the Big Ten have to do to get that respect? Because this team, these two teams, they're good enough. And not only are they good enough, they've played up to it, which is something that the other teams that it's going up against just have not done. But for some reason, it still just becomes an, oh, what if we could see the possibility of Ohio State and Michigan getting in instead of the, of course, that I believe it should be. It's just unfair at this point. If you ask me, the idea that we're still only talking about it in the sense of, okay, well, maybe if LSU loses another game and then USC doesn't quite win out and win the Pac-12, then maybe we can have that conversation. No, no, no. This is a conversation to be had right now. And a conversation that Michigan should be winning the argument in. Or Ohio State. I keep, I keep saying Michigan because if Michigan loses, it would be the weaker of the two resumes with one loss. This should not be even... I mean, we're thinking of it as something that might happen down the road. This is something that's here right now. Michigan's that good. Ohio State are that good. And they've both played like it. Reward them for it. Finally. Coming up in a minute, we're going to talk to John Garcia Jr. and get his thoughts on what's coming up in recruiting. We've had some recent decommitments again around the Big Ten. And of course, with the biggest game of the year coming up on Saturday, we got to pick John's brain about some of the big names in the recruiting classes that are going to be there watching Michigan and Ohio State. That's coming up in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten alongside John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated, giving us our recruiting takes here on the football side. I'm Nate Dickinson. John's brought to us by LinkedIn Jobs. If you're looking for your next great recruit out there, you can find it over at LinkedIn. I don't have to tell you more about LinkedIn. You've already heard of it, but you know you can get your job posted and find the best candidate over on their job site. So head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free and see what we're talking about. John's in talk recruiting here on the Big Ten side, but the last couple of times we've had you in here, John, We've had to start with some decommitments, guys not coming to Big Ten schools any longer. And we got a big one here in the last week under center, quarterback Brock Glenn, formerly an Ohio State commit, four-star guy in the 2023 class. He's now flipped to the Seminoles of Florida State. What happened in this recruitment? Yeah, fascinating one that, that not a lot of people saw coming, right? Ohio State typically holds on to their quarterback commitments because they do pretty darn well. 
at the position, but I think you got to take it back to the offseason, right? Barack Glenn was one of the hotter quarterback recruits in the South. And for a very long time, Florida State had positioned itself as arguably the favorite for his services. Now, his middle name is Auburn. So there was a lot of folks thinking Auburn had a very big chance uh, to hold on uh, to, to the perceived lead that they had for him. But obviously, a lot of continuity questions surrounding the Tigers. But if you go back to the summer, even though he liked FSU and had been there and all that stuff, much closer to home for, for a Tennessee native as well, there were a lot of question marks with Florida State going into this season. And I think they did a good job, obviously, of correcting a lot of that uh, during the season. And in particular, the quarterback position is, is one of the spots where FSU has really thrived. I mean, Jordan Travis, uh, you know, I see on social media all the time, he's one of the highest graded quarterbacks. Uh, he's putting up crazy numbers. FSU is, is one of the most balanced programs in the South. So the questions he might've had around Florida State that existed in the summer no longer exist. Mike Norvell is all of a sudden stable. I've even seen his name thrown out for some of the bigger jobs that have, have come open in college football. So I think personally for Glenn, this was kind of a, a reset and an opportunity to go back to where he was long time, a long time comfortable recruit. The Ohio State situation really popped up out of nowhere for him. Uh, again, as he was hitting his apex as a recruit late in the summer months, Ohio state was like his last scholarship offer. He took a quick visit and, and was really wowed and, and sort of blown away. Uh, so you understand kind of both ends of, of this decommitment uh, spectrum here. So Florida state gets a really nice quarterback prospect, but in typical Ohio state fashion, they've already turned the page here and they're going to host Lincoln Keenholz this weekend, uh, a Washington uh, Huskies verbal commitment from the Dakotas. And all he's done as a senior is put up 70 touchdowns as a dual threat. So he profiles similarly to Brock Glenn, but a little bit more productive in 2022. So Ohio State yeah, could lose a flip at a quarterback and eventually grab a flip at the position. So it's it's something we've seen Ryan Day and company do very well over the years. And, and adding a quarterback late is kind of their move. Um, C.J. Stroud was a very late addition to Ohio State. He was a signing day decider. Last year, um, Devin Brown uh, did not commit to Ohio State uh, until he flipped from USC after that coaching change. So it's it's kind of in their wheelhouse to figure this thing out late. Um, and obviously, nobody's worried about the future of the quarterback position at Ohio State. I think they're in great hands. But that is not to, to knock the flip that Florida State pulled off because Brock Lynn is a pretty darn good player. I want to talk to you more about that quarterback and other players who will be on campus this weekend for that big game in a minute, John. First, let's get to another decommit, though. Penn State wide receiver Johnny Shakir, or I should say former Penn State wide receiver committed Johnny Shakir, New Jersey guy, somebody who had been committed to the Nittany Lions for a little while here, ends up deciding to reopen things now. What about this guy? What happened here? This one was was just as surprising to me. This was one we hadn't heard a lot of traction on. Uh, he hasn't been taking a bunch of visits, things like that. So I think uh, it was a bit of a surprise when he back, backed off of that Penn State pledge. Um, he did have a ton of interest before committing to the Nittany Lions earlier uh, in 2022. So you would imagine, you know, the West Virginias, the Pitts, uh, the, those schools regionally in, in the Big Ten and the ACC would check back in and, and kind of see where they stand here at, at the 11th hour. Uh, but certainly a bit of a surprise to see Penn State have that fluctuation at that position, as, as you know, um, you know, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, they all recruit New Jersey really darn well. So it's just it's something that, that has become a Big Ten pipeline state, uh, which was not always the case. Uh, so it's always surprising to see some defections and change 
um, in that area. But look, that's that's the time of year we're in right now. Uh, it is it is truly decommitment season, flip season, all of those things. Uh, everybody's both uh, trying to poach other recruits from from other commitment lists and trying to hold on uh, to their own here. So he'll be a fascinating one to track here going forward to see who kind of reengages and has maybe a renewed interest in his game uh, because he's you know a pretty polished a productive wide receiver uh, who, who can pick him up and put him down so obviously there's always a, a desire to add that type of talent to your roster one more individual name I wanted to ask you about before we move on here looking forward John David Kochner Iowa former commit from the state of Iowa and this one of course is going to get the attention of the Hawkeyes fans because he goes from Iowa to Iowa State stays in state just headed to the Cyclones now in the Big 12. What's the story there with him? Is Again, this is one where it's going to especially upset some Hawkeyes fans not being able to hold this guy. Yeah, you understand kind of the uh, questions around the Iowa program, and, and you expect some fluidity uh, with their with their recruiting. Look, there's multiple Iowa commitments taking trips to, to other places right now. Um, so you, you knew movement was on the way. You just didn't know kind of where it would strike first. And obviously it stings a little bit more uh, when it's a Cyhawk type of flip one way or the other. So that stings. But if, if you go back to before David committed to Iowa, there was a ton of Iowa State buzz. That was really kind of sold as a true in-state battle, a high upside defensive lineman who you, you kind of like a little bit more every time you see him at, at 6'4", 250 pounds. But there was more Iowa State buzz than Iowa going into to sort of the final descent uh, of his first verbal commitment. So it was a bit of a surprise when he picked the Hawkeyes. So you just kind of wondered, where was ISU going to be in this conversation? Right after the commitment, there was a lot of you know communication between both parties. And then it kind of died down. We didn't hear a whole lot about it uh, until here recently. And obviously, when it's in-state, those things can change hands uh, very quickly. And he just felt a little bit more comfortable with the Cyclones, who, by the way, recruited him at the very top. I mean, this was a, a, a Coach Campbell recruitment uh, at, at the very top of it. And obviously, when it's a little bit more personal at the head coaching level, you feel like a bit more uh, of a priority. And I'm sure that's part of the reason why David made the, the, the tough switch uh, ahead of signing there. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated for Football here, joining us and telling us a little bit of what's going on as we see commitments and decommitments across the Big Ten's 2023 class. John, we could see a whole lot of more commitments in this upcoming week and couple of weeks after we get the result of this big game between Ohio State and Michigan. Biggest game of the season, most anticipated college football game in recent memory, if you ask yeah. me, just because, I mean, both these teams have been top five pretty much the entire season leading up to this matchup that we all knew was going to happen. So what is the recruiting implication? Who's going to be out there on the field and who's going to be potentially making moves after we see this game on Saturday? Well, you just knew uh, this visitor list was going to be crazy. And every day <laughs> there, there's more and more big names that are like, yeah, I'm going to be there as well. Is there, it, a, it has a, lot is of there a limit to like how many the people opener. they can bring here? Say again? Is there a limit to how many players a school can like bring here and bring on the field here? As much as there's space for, from, from an right. official visit perspective, yes, you are limited. Right. Every yeah, program yeah. has 56. But from an unofficial perspective, hey, as many as we can fit in the recruiting section, maybe you uh, you create some standing room only vibes if you can. This is, um, for these games, you know, these schools are prepared, right? Ohio State dealt with this when the Notre Dame game was building up the entire off season and obviously as as both Ohio State and Michigan continue to 
rattle off wins this season, especially after what happened last year. You just knew this list was was going to be wild, and, and it is shaping up to to be uh, quite that here um, at the end of the year. I think some big official visitors certainly are expected in, but really the unofficial visitors are the ones that I'm keeping an eye on. We mentioned Keen Holtz earlier. Ohio State just lost a quarterback commitment. Now you're going to go try to flip one. Uh, again, legitimate dual threat. Uh, maybe the most productive quarterback in the country uh, in the class of 2023, so that's, that's not a bad deal for the Buckeyes. Uh, I think Damon Wilson is a very intriguing visitor, pass rusher out of Venice, Florida, one of the best pass rushers available uh, among the uncommitted. He's been to Ohio State twice from Venice, Florida this fall. So this will be a third visit for him. So clearly huge Buckeye interest as Larry Johnson looks to kind of put the finishing touches on the edge rusher class. And Ohio State is involved for many of the best in the country. And we're starting to think that uh, Damon Wilson is the one that's maybe leaning Buckeyes the most uh, between those that are still uncommitted. Um, Georgia, the primary competition for Wilson at this time. So that's a big visitor. And I think it's, it's worth bringing up that a lot of verbal commitments for Ohio State are going to be back in town. That's big because you mentioned Brock Glenn decommitting, Mark Fletcher decommitted a couple of weeks ago, the running back verbal commitment from South Florida. Uh, there's a lot of schools trying to poach these, these Buckeye recruits, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So getting Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, um, the Dylan Rayola, these players coming back to Columbus when it's rivalry weekend and everybody's got that, that game, right? Everybody's going to sell an atmosphere this weekend and for for the Ennises and the Carnell Tates in particular out of the state of Florida a lot of big rivalry games closer to home for, for them to hit they're, they're going to drive and or fly past a lot of them to be back in Columbus um, and I know that's that's been a kind of a worry point uh, for Buckeyes fans with this recruiting class because it, it's a lot of out-of-state talent a lot of Floridians on this commitment list and and the recruiting efforts of the schools closer to home has has increased for all those players. Uh, so also big to note the verbal commitments wrapping up their, their game visit slate uh, as, as seniors back at Ohio state. And of course the junior class, the sophomore class, even the freshman class is going to be loaded among the visitors for Ohio state uh, ahead of this game. It's, it's just going to be as big and gaudy as we all expected it to be. And of course there's going to be new names added by the time uh, most of your audience uh, hears this. We're all just about tired of waiting for it. It'll be a good one on Saturday. And of course, whatever happens between now and then and after we're been recruiting, John Garcia has you covered with it all over at Sports Illustrated and here on Locked On Big Ten every once in a while when he's got the time. John, thanks again for taking some time to talk to us here as we lead up to that big matchup. We'll get you back in soon. Sounds good, Nate. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to John Garcia Jr. for joining us here on Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Before we wrap up the show today, a reminder that Bet Online is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. Whether it be to get the latest lines from any game you could possibly think of, or just get a little bit more read up on the games that you want to know more on, you can go to Bet Online to get all of the information for you. Head on over to Bet Online right now to do all of that and more. It's a brand new site with a new interface that, if you've been betting online on sports for a while, you know that. Some of those sites can be pretty clunky. Bet Online looks good and it is good for you too. Head on over to Bet Online right now where the game starts. We've got more coming up here on Locked On Big Ten to wrap things up. Just a quick recap of what we saw from across the Big Ten yesterday. In basketball, Ohio State picked up a win in Hawaii after suffering its first loss to number 17 Arizona State. Buckeyes took care of Cincinnati easily. Final score 81 to 53. 
Also on the ice yesterday, we mentioned Alaska Fairbanks made the trip all the way to Penn State. Nittany Lions picked up the first win in that series, 3-2, the final score. In today's game, Penn State plays Alaska again in hockey. Also, Notre Dame is on the road facing off against Boston. And we've got a full slate of Big Ten volleyball. Illinois is on the road against IU. Rutgers faces Michigan State. Michigan is against Iowa. Purdue against Maryland. And Penn State against Northwestern. That's a look around the Big Ten here today in the games that you can watch, of course, across all platforms that you watch stuff on now it's all over the place by nowadays but if you want to know when and where a game is on of course just head over to the big 10 website you can find it there and we'll have you updated on all the big scores you need to know next time here on locked on big 10 i hope you enjoy the holiday for thanksgiving i know i will we're gonna have a good fun weekend of big 10 football coming up the most important weekend in big 10 football in recent memory as Michigan faces off against Ohio State with both teams unbeaten. I'm looking forward to it. Until then, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter. Locked On Big Ten is the handle, one zero at the end, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson, or at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Until next time, this has been Locked On Big Ten.